Don't, don't. Do we need to reconnect? We've lost all this audio shit. Yeah, yeah, but this isn't the important stuff. I know, but this is where you pick and choose your intro. Hi, welcome back to Not So Southern Gentlemen. I'm Sean. No, no, you're, no, you're not. <laughs> you are not Sean. Wait a second. Where am I? Is this a Rick and Morty episode? Yeah. Oh my gosh, I saw a great, uh, I wanted to get this. It was a Rick and Morty shirt, but it was Rick and Morty on one side, and it was uh, the Doctor, and I don't remember which companion on the other side, and it was friggin' amazing. It was the do- awesome. it was Doctor Who and Rick and Morty art. It was great. Um, that is awesome. Sean, how was your week? Very busy, but did not get to walk away with anything cool like you did. Oh my gosh! Oh, so the SNES came out this week. Did ah. not get my pre order in because we've already told that story. I'm not going to reiterate that, but. I have a good friend, and this good friend offered to uh, wait in line, and and since they were getting one, they got me one, got it that day, awesome, absolutely awesome. So what have you been playing? Um, I, first thing I did, like I put on Facebook, first game I played was uh, Super Metroid, which is absolutely beautiful. I never actually owned that. And I've actually never played it. None of my friends ever had Super Metroid on the uh, SNES. So, dude, I'm in, I'm in love. Is it awesome? It, it is. And so many other games on there uh, that I Earthbound, I'm, I've never even heard of uh, until later on when my interest in video games came back for, uh, you know, the retro games. And, yeah. and found out that it's a Japanese game called Mother 2 and that it was really revered and Completely missed it when it originally came out, so I'm I haven't touched that yet. But uh, uh, Zelda Three is on there. Uh, I've already unlocked uh, Star Fox Two and played it. Um, love it, absolutely love it. One of the best purchases of the year. That's awesome. I'm excited for you. I got out and hunted around. Did was not able to find one, but like I've read several articles. I'm not going to pay the flipper price. I'm going to wait because there's supposed to be another release in late October, I believe. So I'm going to try to snag one then. Uh, a lot of people I follow start, was were posting on Facebook their, their acquires. Some were even the GameStop uh, nasty uh, uh, pre-order bundles. But they you they, love those. They seemed to, they actually did seem to like the bundle. So maybe it, maybe I was a little hard on it, but. That was one person, so I don't know. I did pose the question, what was the first game you were going to play, and what game do you think was missing from the system? I, of course, want Pie in the Sky, Castlevania, Dracula X. Um, I'm sorry, Dra- Dracula X was the American horrible version of Castlevania, Chino Rondo, Circle of Blood, that was only released in Japan, which is the prequel to Symphony of the Night. Nice. What's uh? What game would you absolutely want on there if you were doing it? Dude, Super Nintendo, you know I'm not that well-versed in it. I mean, as long as Street Fighter's on there, I'm good to go. Well, it's Street Fighter 2 Turbo. That's fine. I'm good with it. Because I never owned one, so therefore it's all new to me. And I'll I'll love every single minute of it, but I, I need my Street Fighter. 
Absolutely. Let's talk about something I think everybody needs. Uh, a little Star Trek in our lives. Star Trek Discovery was released. It has a good reception so far. Neither of us have watched it yet, but I pose you a question. What if there's something out there that scratches that Star Trek itch? Are you going to purchase another service, or would you watch this program that may be good enough? And this program, Good Enough, is called Orville. So so you watched Orville, and you're comparing it to a Star Trek replacement. Well, it... Uh, Orville is no bones about it. It is a remake, retelling, or a, a a amazing homage to Star Trek: The Next Generation. And really? I, absolutely. It, it, it's got a little funny in it because, of course, it's Seth uh, Seth MacFarlane. Seth MacFarlane, right? And that first episode's kind of quirky. Getting used to him, seeing his face in this is a little odd. But I right. tell you. Episode two, three, and four, I was comfortable. I was back in Star Trek Next Generation. That itch, really? That itch was being scratched. Oh, yes. And they um, they tackled... Okay, so there's an episode where they tackle a very political uh, subject, but it's done in such a way that they're throwing it three different ways at you at the same time, and then it the way it ends is the, not the way you'd think being political it would end I was I was kind of awestruck that they pulled that off and it was enjoyable I mean that's that's very ambitious for this kind of show for and and for Seth MacFarlane to be doing this I really enjoyed Orville I I like the visuals of it I like the ship I kind of like the crew it is a little clunky. It is not that best grade of acting. Uh, right. You know, those guys aren't going to win any Emmys, but it kind of works. You, you say that and you watch, they're going to like crush it at the Emmys. No, I, I'm I'm kind of into Orville. Uh, this last oh, episode, my goodness. This last episode was really good, too. And plus, Liam Neeson made an appearance. Wow. That, I, I need to, I guess I need to start watching it. I... I was just blowing it off as a Seth MacFarlane show that, you know, I'll catch up on it. But if it's something like that, something that I need to be into, I will definitely need to catch up and watch that thing. Well, the litmus test for this would be to ask Matt. So I don't know if Matt is watching it or not. But we need to, we need to get in touch with him and sit, get his opinion. Absolutely. That, he would know. He would know. Of of everybody, okay. Let's let's do this. So, I'm the Transformers guy. Matt was the Star Trek guy. What would you say you were? The guy that hung around and no, agreed with y'all. No, no, you were absolutely the Dragon Ball Z guy, dude. Come on now. Yeah, yeah, I guess I could take Dragon Ball Z. I mean, I guess that's weird. I, I never thought of myself as the Dragon Ball Z guy, but this is true. I did win board in tech school. Rather than taking notes probably the way I should have, to keep myself from falling asleep, I would list every single Dragon Ball Z character I could think of, and then I broke them down into race, what seasons they appeared, uh, what their power levels were, and I did all this, like, I probably have a 50-page notebook somewhere that's just full of Dragon Ball Z stats. Ah. I know, yeah. 
That's now, pretty nerdy. Uh, let's see. What would Andy have been? Well, no, let's skip Andy. I know what he would have been. <laughs> um, I don't know. I never thought about breaking down the crew into... Uh, I, I'd say all of us are the Star Wars. Yeah, well, I yeah, mean, yeah. Well, Buchanan. I mean, Buchanan was the Star Wars guy. Yeah, that's pretty true. He had he, he read all the novels and all yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, okay. Oh, so so Star Trek Discovery, we still need to check out. Yes, but Orville could be a substitute if needed. If if you're I, not I, gonna, I think, look, it, I think here, it's here's stronger the thing. than that. I, I think here's the I, thing. I'm going to argue that the Orville is stronger than if needed. I, it's mm. all right. I'll, I mean, I, I'm fully down with this. I'm just saying that. While I want to watch Star Trek Discovery, while I I love the fact that it's getting good reviews back from the public, I'm not going to pay for another service. And don't get this, me wrong, I'm not making any judgments about anybody that pays for it. I've just got no. I'm I pay, wish I I'm, could. Yeah, we're paying for three, four services right now. I mean, that's mm-hmm. already almost a regular cable bill. I do Amazon Prime, Netflix. And right now we're on Sling TV, and we have like some upgraded packages. So yeah, I'm. I mean, right, you know, yeah. dropping a decent amount, drop, dropping almost fifty a month, basically. Yeah, well, right now we're on uh, Netflix, Amazon Prime, Hulu, and uh, PlayStation View. So, ooh, yeah. Hey, so how do you like PlayStation View? Um, it's it's pretty good. It doesn't it doesn't scratch the local. Stuff. Right. I mean, like, so any any live games like that, that's not like an ESPN or an SEC network or something like that, which basically is what I have it for. But right. it's it's good. I mean, the it comes in clear. It's definitely not highly super usable. Laggy. Yeah, yeah, and that's where I'm watching a bunch of my uh, stuff with my kids, like the uh, the Disney XD stuff and and all that. So. Yeah, it's it's not too bad. I mean, when you first turn it on, it, it buffers a little, and then, pff, then you're good. That's awesome. I'll have to check that out. Something before you, we get to a topic that you brought up, I wanted to say that if you go right now, you can watch the first six minutes of the Gifted. That by the time this episode is released, we will have already seen. But I wanted to talk about the first six minutes. I watched it. Very good. It looked, I liked it, man. It reminded me of, you know, like a crime drama more than some superhero thing. It was, there was a mutant being hunted down by the cops. They hid and she hid in this uh, warehouse and here comes the two or three mutants to come rescue her. And then they end up getting overwhelmed by the cops. It is just really fun and if the whole series is going to be like this, I, I think I'm down for it. Um, yeah. yeah, I saw stuff that I really liked in the previews. I haven't watched the first six minutes. But this is definitely a show I'm going to give a chance. I mean, ahead of, uh, like, Orville earlier, you know, I just gave a watch. This I'm going to seek out and give it a definite first three episode. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I'm hoping to catch this one and make it a regular. Yeah, and I hope it's good enough to do that. Um, but I did want to talk about, now I'm an artist guy, of course, I've stated that several times. What were your favorite, com- when I say comic book covers, what comes to your mind? You know, I've been thinking about this because you, 
I, I was obviously reading the notes before the show and, you know, made a list of two or three that I enjoy. But I was thinking there's so many more. Like, I am looking at these artists that I have down for my favorites, and I don't have Todd McFarlane. And I, I have to have Todd McFarlane somewhere. Spawn what? number one is so iconic. I, I think Spawn number one's probably being cloned you know, so many different variants out there of that cover. And I just don't think I could go on without that being on my list. Yeah. Um, and I didn't want to go, you know, just generic. Oh, you know, the best the best covers ever out there. You know, I, but for me, right. they, they'd all be Alex Ross covers. I, I, I chose some personal things that mean something to me. Um, Number three on my list is my first comic, Ghost Rider number 76. Um, an artist named Bob Bedinsky uh, did the cover, and, and it's this, it's Ghost Rider fighting Johnny Blaze over this pit of hell, and Mephisto's there, and, you know, it, it's just classic 70s comic, you know, bravado, and I love it. Absolutely love it. One of my favorite things ever. Um, now, for my number two, I, I don't own this. But it's Ooh. always something I've I've seen, and it's Neil Adams who is I don't have any of Neil Adams art, and just never have found any out there for a good price. Uh, Batman number two fifty one, the the defining uh, Joker, you know, with the car. Batman's on the card. He's over the city. It's where the Joker returns, and he's redefined as a character uh, that starts that that classic Batman for some people. Uh, that is such a great cover and, and great art that that's that's kind of burned into the imagination of of when you think of Batman that's one of the first things you think of oh yeah um, you know I've got I've got my son prints of that um, like he has a he has a folder he keeps his art in that that's that that I found at like Walmart or something awesome um, but that's a comic I definitely would pick up if I ever saw it for a good price and uh, my number one is uh, wouldn't be a surprise to anybody. It's a John Byrne cover. It's the cover to X-Men number 141, Days of Future Past. Now, you want to talk about copied covers. This is one of the yeah. most homaged comic covers in co the comic business. It is the yes. uh, Wolverine and, and Shadowcat in a spotlight behind a, a huge wanted poster with everybody who's marked off as captured or dead. And uh, just a beautiful piece of art. Whoever owns that original art is, you know... The, the, my favorite person in the world. <laughs> but uh, you, you had some pretty good ones on your list. Yeah, I mean, my list, obviously, I'm going for, you know, right out of the gate, the big gun, uh, Amazing Fantasy 15. But yeah. Spider-Man's Spider my favorite, so why would I not have the origin of my favorite? And just so happens to be one of the greatest covers ever done. And you can put Spider-Man 252 right, 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 yeah, lay it right on top of that one. Yep, yep. I'm staring at 252 right now. Oh, it looks so good. Um, but uh, continuing with Spider-Man, I'm going to go with uh, Secret Wars number eight, first appearance of that black suit. I, I freaking love that cover. Something about that cover. And it's not just the, the first appearance of the black suit. It's the background is just all these heroes just in this, I don't know, epic war and 
then around that are these oranges. And for some reason, that orange kind of is something different. <laughs> it's not it's not a deep red. It's nothing like that. It's, it's a burnt orange. It's what it reminds me of. And I freaking love that uh, color for some reason. Now um, that, 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 and... I've got this artist hanging right in front of me. Um, the cover was done by Mike Zek, who also has uh, my, two of my favorite covers that are I've got together is Captain America 286 and 287, the Deathlock Captain America story, uh, which are beautiful, beautiful artists. Now, John Betty did the interiors uh, mm-hmm. of, of the Secret Wars comic, but Mike Zek did those amazing covers. Uh, to that comic, and I, I, I've never spoken about Mike Zek on the on the podcast, but I mean, his Punisher stuff, his there's a few Wolverine pieces he's done, uh, just a great comic artist that that isn't praised enough. Oh no, I agree with you. And then uh, finally, I'm going with uh, the Killing Joke. Oh yes, good lord! There's uh, a great Transformers cover that's got Megatron holding a reflector that's that's an homage to that cover. Oh, that's awesome. But oh, something about the killing joke is just not only is it just an incredible book, an incredible story, but the art in there is just it it sets it sets the tone. The art sets the tone for that book. And then once you read that story, that cover is an absolute is 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 that cover is part of that story that is an absolutely horrible moment in that story. That's what's yeah. going on. Oh, I've just just now realized that. Oh, yeah. It's, you know, once you read it, that cover has a totally new meaning and is quite disturbing. But, yeah, I did I did want to... Uh, I've looked at a lot of comic art uh, here recently, you know, going through some of my lists of, of what I want and, and what I need for my collection. And I just got to thinking about, you know, a lot of the comic covers, which is which has been my complaint for years, is whenever you have a great artist and a not-so-great artist on the inside, or you've changed artists mid-run. Um, I love art, uh, so, yeah, it's kind of a love-hate relationship, but, yeah. Nice. I, I nice. love it. The DC... Cinematic Universe may not be a thing. <laughs> so, what? a story came out about uh, they're doing this Joker movie that may, be, may or may not have Leonardo DiCaprio. Okay. And DC execs are talking that, you know, maybe it's related or maybe not it's related to the movies that are happening now. And maybe the next Batman movie will or won't be in the ex- uh, Cinematic Universe. I ugh, I don't know what's going on over there, but I don't like it. That that sounds uh, that sounds a little. Uh, I don't know. I'm not surprised. Yeah, it, it sounds about average. Sounds about par for the course over there. But but at the same time, it could be it it could fall into the same realm as the Venom movie. You know. Yeah, I mean, we've heard those things about uh, most of anything Spider-Man that's not not main Marvel Universe Spider-Man, the, uh, what else was it? Venom, and they were looking at uh, some other movie, and they they said it may not be related, which doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, I had said that uh, I wish that the uh, Ryan Reynolds movie, Life, was 
somehow tied to Venom. I had wished that, but I don't know if I ever see anything. If that's the one you're thinking of. No, no, no. This was other Spider-Man bad guys, like Sinister Six or something. They were. T- oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Oh, it's not on the list. But did you see uh, Michelle Williams is going to be opposite Tom Hardy in the Venom movie? I did not. Yeah, I don't know what character she'll play or anything, but I was like, wow, you're bringing in... I mean, Michelle Williams has always been, you know, oh, she was on Dawson's Creek. And then it was almost, you know, she took a while to rename herself, you know, come out as an actress again. And since, what is the one, Blue Velvet or something? She has just been, like, on fire, nailing it, so... The fact that there is a Venom movie that's going to have Michelle Williams and Tom Hardy is just kind of crazy. Like, those are big-name actors. I don't know. It sounds fun. It doesn't look like you think a reboot of The Flood of the Navigator is fun. <laughs> no, I read an article this week, dude. And while, you know, there's there are things that need reboot, but you know what doesn't? Flight of the Navigator. I do not have that movie in my collection. I don't know why, but I need that. I I remember watching that until literally the tape tour on the VHS, and we had to go and get it spliced. You know, like, I, I love that movie. Until very recently, like at this past six or seven, eight years, something. I, I guess I just hadn't watched the movie in since it came out. I'd completely forgotten there's a time travel element to the movie. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, because I watched it and I'm like. What year was this? They they nailed uh, time dilation in a Disney what? What is going on? Oh yeah, because remember he No no no, I remember. That's why I'm saying it. I'm just yeah, saying yeah. I had the, forgotten. The end of the movie occurs just moments after the beginning of the movie. Right, yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah, but yeah. I love that movie. That that ship, like one of the most exciting moments I had the first time I went to Disney World was whenever we went on the universe or the uh, uh, MGM Studios tour, and that right. ship is sitting on the back lot next to the one of the Indiana Jones planes and an X-wing. I was like, it's the, oh. the, the flight of the Navigator ship. Oh my goodness, dude! I, I would flip out. I would love it. I just want to sit in that seat because I always thought those controls in that movie were so cool. How he's just you know hand pads. And it does whatever he wants. I was like, oh, when I was a kid, I loved it. Oh, and, and let's just... not forget that Mr. Uh, Paul Rubens uh, himself is the voice of that computer. That is true. That's hilarious. But I just don't think it's one of those that needs touched. It's perfect just the way it is. I don't need it modernized at all. Is it? Is yes. it? Yes. Come on now. Come on now. What if? Okay. What if they did the Stranger Things kind of touch to it? What if it's ju- a great homage to that movie? Oh, really whatever. It? Okay, you want to remake it, just remake it. No original ideas anymore. The old movie is still there. You could still watch it. It's fine. It's Th- this could be fine. said the same about stuff we've argued about on this podcast. It's fine. It's all fine. Oh. How about some Marvel Legacy? Well, Marvel Legacy, of course, is their next big crossover thing. Now, they've already had some... Uh, we've, we've talked about the announcement of the Avengers 1 million BC or whatever it is. Um, 
the uh, in the past has Odin and uh, a phoenix and a doc a sorcerer supreme and that kind of thing. Which it, it, I I kind of like would pick to pick that up. It, it looks okay, um, but they are pulling like Wolverine's coming back. Spoilers. <laughs> I guess I was supposed to say that before I say it. Um, <laughs> they also are, are pulling a quote unquote century. Uh, storyline thing where they're adding a character to the past that we never knew was there. Uh, there have been quite a few covers come out with like a classic Avengers cover of that Avengers number one, but it has a girl that wasn't originally there. Apparently her name is Voyager. So this is the same thing that Marvel pulled with the Sentry whenever they first had uh, the Sentry, which was this retro character that never existed. They were saying that, of course, nobody remembers him because they had to erase everybody's memory because that's how they defeated the Void, which was actually the Sentry. I don't remember. <laughs> I like the Sentry as a hero character. I really didn't care for the Void, which I guess you have to get both with the character. Uh, I don't know. But Sounds anyway. a little complicated. Yeah, I really liked him in uh, like the new Avengers number one where he tore Carnage a half in in half in space. I I kind of liked him. That's pretty cool. But uh, I I may have to pick up Marvel Legacy. Um, it's I don't normally chase after the big crossovers. Now this one is kind of scratching something. All right. Well, well, if you do it, let me know. I'll I'll put it on a pull list and I'll read it along with you. Awesome. Um, dude. Okay, speaking of stuff that, you know, probably shouldn't be rebooted, but maybe something that we never got. An article came out on MovieWeb this week that had Max Landis on a podcast speaking about his idea for a Gremlins 3 movie. It sounds so much fun. Don't get too serious into Gremlins, but... Now, now you're you're the one. I'm kind of glad you didn't read this because I want to get your take on this. His idea, Max Landis's idea that he speaks about, is a found footage film. <laughs> well, and stri- there's a strike against it right there. But go ahead, I, I, keep, see, continue. I, I knew, I knew, saying this to you, I'd be like, okay, if I can sell it to Ricky, I can sell it to anybody because the man hates found footage films. Okay. um... The, you know, he said, imagine this, it's 2017, you get a Mogwai as a pet, what's the first thing you're going to do? You're going to vlog that, man. You're going to throw it on YouTube, you're going to Facebook Live yourself doing this, and that is our beginning point, is this girl gets two Mogwai for Christmas. Uh, she gets one, and it's really nice, and one that's rather evil, but, you know, they're both cute and cuddly, so the first part of the movie is setting up, you know, we all love the Mogwai and stuff. And he talked about, you know, the Mogwai were helping uh, reconnect with her parents because it was something they could sit around and talk about and play with. Second uh, part of the movie, obviously, they get wet. Chaos ensues because of all the Mogwai running around. And you still get to vlog this, you know, you're seeing what's happening. And during this part is where you get to see, you know, they eat after midnight. Uh-oh. Spoilers. We know, yeah, we, we know the Gremlins are coming. Um, he brings up the third act, and this is where it sells me. The Gremlins are smart enough that they realize what a camera is. 
and they start vlogging their attack and they get really into it. Like he's talking about the gremlins end up with like these perfect passing it back and forth using their reflexes, you know, really quickly to give these like cinematic shots of them coming in and zooming in for attack on the people they're up against. And I was like, that sounds like so much fun. Well, I, let, I, let me I stop you that. there and say that kind of makes sense with the original movie. They they were like that. They would have done that if they had cameras. Because yeah. those gremlins were, I mean, the gremlins in the movie were very mischievous and very into that kind of thing. They were very intelligent. Let's skip oh, gremlins it, too. But what are you talking about? I love gremlins too as well. Oh, you stop. It's fun, dude. So much fun. I love that movie. Do you know how to work a camera? Work a camera? I am a camera. Sean, there is an electric gremlin in there. <laughs> I know there's an electric gremlin. Let's let's ignore the electric gremlin in the room and just move on with it, you know? It's good. It's good. It's hilarious. All right. It's I'm not going to shame your youth. Let's go. All right, all right. I just wish there would there would be a Gremlins three, or at least a solid reboot. That one could get a reboot. I wouldn't mind. It would be awesome. Yeah, and I did want to mention that uh, for some reason Eddie Murphy seems to be involved with a Coming to America two. What? A Coming to America two? <laughs> yep. Zamun- now, Zamunda is back. <laughs> now I love the first one. Eddie Murphy, Arsenio Hall, are so awesome oh, in that, that movie. That first I love movie, it. anytime, any day. Hilarious. Yes. yes, absolutely. But a second one? I, I don't know if it needs a second one. Well, I mean, it would it would be, uh, there'd be some young star. I mean, it would be, he would be the king, and it would be somebody else's movie. But he would be in there for, you know, comic effect or something. Oh, it would be awesome. But... But I just want, as long as there's a good story there. That's that's the thing about these movies is, you know, sometimes they're just looking for, to do a cash cow movie, you know. I'm going to live off the name of this older movie that people enjoyed, so maybe I can make a crappy second one and make a little bit of money on it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully it's a solid movie if it's getting made. Now, Sean, were you able to snag anything else this week besides your non-existent SNES? No local hall whatsoever again this week. Oh, man. Well, mine was an SNES, so <laughs> I've, already, I've already spoken let me, that. Let but... me just speak. While, while we're on local hall and, and neither of us have much, let me tell the story of how you trolled me without even trolling me. <laughs> the fact that you sent me a picture of three SNESs and were like, look what I got. And I was like, holy crap, he got three of them. I can't find one. And this whole time I'm thinking, dude, how do I approach him? Make sure he'll sell me one of them or something. And then I find out that just one of them was yours. Oh, you trolled so hard, dude. You did very good. It specifically said, look at this. I picked up mine this morning. (laughs) That was the exact text. With a picture of three of them. Yeah, with a picture of three. I didn't know. I didn't know. You should have said, one of these is mine. You you killed me. You killed me. But, But dude, okay. I didn't get any local haul or anything this week, but 
I did watch a movie that I haven't watched in a long time, and I would like to talk about it for my Have You Seen It? Shoot. Tropic Thunder. <laughs> we haven't discussed this movie on here, and I had forgotten. I, I know we all quote RDJ's lines from Tropic Thunder, and it's hilarious, but to sit back and rewatch the whole thing, I freaking love that movie. It is so hilarious hilarious ben stiller where where are you now ben stiller like that type of movie is your thing we need another one of those and ben stiller's nowhere to be found dude i I was talking to my wife about that when's the last good thing you've seen him in other i mean i didn't watch zoolander 2 because it was a horror poor eh because it's zoolander 2 yeah it's atrocious yeah and uh, you get Jack Black. You got Tom Cruise, who is hilarious in that role. I know there's people that hate Tom Cruise, but Tropic Thunder is the one movie I can actually talk my wife into watching who despi- despises Tom Cruise. Ah, dude, I freaking love this movie. So, yeah, Tropic Thunder is a great comedy movie. Uh, it, it It is very classic. It's very... Uh, right on the nose comedy, uh, firing on all cylinders. It's a great movie. Yes, I freaking, I mean, can you imagine Simple Jack? If if it was made into like a real movie, how bad it would be? Oh, it'd be horrible. Like, you could, it'd be absolutely horrible. It'd be atrocious. Oh my god, dude! I just, I just love, love Robert Downey Jr. in that movie. It it was one of the, you know, I think it's his last big one pre-Iron Man. Possibly, yeah. I want to say that. And it was the one where, you know, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang was good <laughs> for him coming back into the acting world, for him returning uh, as, a, as a different person. And it was a great movie. I've talked about how much I love Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, but it wasn't everybody loved it. Tropic Thunder is one of those where I believe everybody got to see, oh, RDJ's back, and he is awesome. And then it's just been climbing uphill ever since because he's freaking, he's badass Iron Man, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, mine this week is, there's a reason I put Coming to America 2 at the bottom of the list where we should talk to the top. I'm going to recommend Coming to America. Okay. Great, great comedy movie. Uh, I mean, just from the opening, like you said, Arsenio Hall and Eddie Murphy together, uh, just like uh, Harlem Nights, rewatchable as heck. Fun. Oh yeah, together they they play so perfectly off one another that it's just oh their their chemistry is perfect. It's a great movie. Now a lot of people at the time. I had they didn't like Arsenio Hall for some reason or the other. I, I don't know. I loved him. I watched his uh, late night talk show. Yeah, it's hilarious. There's an appearance by Bobcat Goldwaith on there that I remember to this day as being one of the funniest things I've ever seen. And that movie, uh, just the the, the the situations they got into, and like the dude with uh, uh, sexual chocolate. <laughs> Oh yeah! That guy, oh my gosh! That movie is just great. The dad with the fake McDonald's. Ah, it's so good. That movie is so funny. Watch it. 
absolutely watch that again. Yeah, dude. Trop, uh, uh, Tropic Thunder and Coming to America would be an awesome weekend if you were to watch both those at the same weekend. Excellent stuff. This is the part where we get to say thank you to everybody that listens to us each and every week. I get more and more surprised every time somebody likes our page or we get a tweet or, you know, you check out the listens and there's so many on release day now. Like it's getting to the point we can count on so many of you. The ones that listen week in, week out, thank you very much. It, it does not, it is not unappreciated. We enjoy it so much. You know, Sean is. Sean is absolutely right, and he's always the first guy to thank the the audience. I, I all as well thank you guys are amazing. Um, you know, there's a few of you I talk to uh, every two or three days. Great people out there, uh, and I just love the conversations. Absolutely I, love it. Sometimes I think I talk too much. You let me know if I do, guys. <laughs> he does not. That that's one good thing. You, Rick carries on a good conversation. Oh, dude, so. On social media, you can find me at Maynard98 on Twitter. You can find both of us at NotSoSouthernGs on Twitter. You can also find me at Maynard98 on Instagram. Let, let's let's get the Instagram a-going. Uh, you can find me at Ricky Westbrook on Twitter. You can search NotSoSouthernGentleman on Facebook. You can find me at Prime Studio on Instagram. And also, we have a NotSoSouthernGentleman Instagram page. On that note, for NotSoSouthernGentleman, I'm Sean. And I'm Ricky. We never go in with a Sicilian when death is on the line. <laughs>